Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. I haven't seen you in like three weeks and we haven't caught up yet, Father Nathan. That's true. How was your trip? Uh, which one? Uh, the wedding. I have done two weddings. Oh. Um, Joe Malone. And um, Aaron, uh, not they weren't married to each other, but <laughs> Is that the, how you pronounce it. Uh, I didn't never figured out how to pronounce it. Oh, okay, I forgot to ask the Asian fellows uh, how to pronounce an Asian last name, which would probably would have been the smarter idea. But um, and then I was chastised for saying it the wrong way. I don't mean to be completely ignorant, but do you think that's an what's it called an onomatopoeia? It's a word that sounds like the. The whatever the person, well, the person, yeah. or like what, like a cuckoo clock, right? Right. Is that onomatopoeia? Is that what it's called? Yeah, exactly. Going back to fifth yeah. grade, Hui. like cuckoo. So I'm wondering, like, they're, if they're kind of like, if they're a bunch of woo girls. Yeah, he's kind Hui. of a, he's kind of a. Hui. <laughs> yeah. Um, what would what would Margaret Meg? So Joe and Margaret Meg, and then uh, Aaron and uh, Lori. Okay. Hui. Um, I was Phoenix for our annual clergy days. Oh, that's right. And then I was New York to give a retreat. Passaic, New Jersey to give mm. a retreat. So shout out. I didn't write down any of your names. I have them somewhere. Of the guys that drove. Like, there was a couple guys drove four hours to say each hello. way just to hear my little retreat in Passaic, New Jersey. So shout out to you guys. I have your names written down somewhere. Um, I'll get to that next time. We're kind of in a rush this time. And then, uh, and then I hung out with Father Jack Custer. I hung out with Joe Muir. Then I took a train down to Philly and hung out with Archbishop Chaphew. We had cigars and scotch on his porch, which is like... Sweet. I could do that two days in a row, and that'd be like a full vacation. I get so much out of just chatting with that man. And then uh, took a flight down to Charlotte. It was a mess. And then uh, saw my friends from college. I hadn't seen all... We hadn't all before been together in 20 years, and it was epic. Just like 30 hours of, of epic vacation time. Headphones. A little this loud. One. Okay. Yeah, just, 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 and I might be yelling. Okay. No, 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 it's actually sounding really good. Oh, okay. It was delayed for a little while, and it's oh, not. I like interesting. this. That's be the first time that happened. Yeah, so I, I, have done, I have done a funeral in Colorado and then flown to Kansas to do a wedding and then uh, gotten roadside, almost roadside tested uh, after oh, the reception. Right. Um, I think I talked about that on the podcast. Um, and then... Uh, drove back, uh, I mean, flew back, and then celebrated a funeral. So I've celebrated a funeral in Colorado, a wedding in Kansas, and then a funeral in uh, Colorado. Mm-hmm. I've celebrated a, a funeral in Illinois, a we- uh, ordination in Milwaukee, and then a funeral in Colorado. Oh, my gosh. And then I've celebrated a wedding in uh, Illinois. It's going to be interesting. Like being- Only one state this time. Being by ritual, I have celebrated the weddings of most of my friends who are around my age or younger than me. And in 30 years, I'm going to start celebrating the funerals of all my friends that are Aww. around. I know. So it's, it's going to switch. 30 years? Well, I'm 40. That's 70. 80 for those who are strong. Exactly. And most of these are emptiness and pain. Welcome to marital bliss. <laughs> this is is the good news of Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's right. Um, I did. Let me let me check real quick. I, you know, my brother asked me, did you did you evangelize anybody in the airport? Mm-hmm. And I did. I wore my clerics both ways. 
So, I mean, I... <laughs> both ways? What do you both, mean? I mean, I, both directions that I flew. Oh, I see. Yes, yes. I wore them. Okay. But I did, uh, I had a very interesting flight. Uh, people paid uber attention to a small dog. It looked like a Pomer- Pomeranian. It had papers. Um, that's a... That's a line from Big Lebowski. Okay. Anyways, um, and uh, so, but this dog was like screaming during the flight, uh, like making this god awful noise. Uh, and um, the, everyone's like, "Oh, is he okay? Is he all right? Oh my gosh!" And then, meanwhile, there's a child, a yep. couple rows back, yep. kind of fussing, and people are like, uh, 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 "You know." So I get off the plane. I'm in a huff. And then all of a sudden, um, I had two podcast listeners chase me down. And uh, they're like, "Uh, Father Nathan? And I'm just like, yes. And then they're like, oh, I listen to the podcast. I was like, okay, cool. You know, (laughs) I just making sure that they weren't going to say like, you know, we would, we, we go to your parish and we wanted to know if we could, you know, have you over for dinner or something. It's just like, Uh. not right now, people. Um, but they were super sweet. Nick and Jess Connolly. Cool. Uh, I think that's those are names from uh, Portland, cool. Oregon. Uh, sweet people. And knowing that I was going to see some people in the airport, I stuck some podcast stickers in my in my little breast pocket. Nice. Bravery, actually. And then so uh, whipped them out. Whipped them out. And they were yeah. like, the guy was like, <gasps> and then Jess was like, you have no idea what that means to him. She, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where she's like, she, he might love you as much as he loves me. I'm like, it, it does happen that way. But he recognized me because of my face, not because of my voice. Or because of your mullet, because it's now gone. Thanks for bringing that up. Father Nathan got recognized by his mullet alone in Rome one time by some Americans that were like, are you Father Nathan? I don't know any other priests that have a mullet as magnificent True. as yours. True, and I got recognized at Red Rocks um, because a guy uh, saw my mullet and then he said, stop talking smack about Dubuque. <laughs> Dubuque, home of great people and amazingly uh, memorable Catholics who have bitter memories of what I said about Dubuque. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I got me- I got recognized by face in, in the Denver airport coming back from my last trip too. Just walking out, and this woman guns up, Father Michael, yes, from the podcast. And I was like, Oh, it must. It's just Andrea. Everything's Andrea's fault. She puts our face everywhere now. True. We used to slide under the radar without people recognizing our face. But when I asked this woman, because I always do this, I said, When you heard my voice first, how do you think I? How do I look compared to my voice? And she says, I thought you were going to be taller and older. I almost always get taller. I'm, hmm. I'm, I'm five foot nine and a half. I'm not that short. Yeah. But people always think I, I sound taller than I am, and they think I have a full head of hair. And this woman thought I was older than I looked. Which actually, both of these things fit into my, my thrown together topic for this podcast. All right, podcast. here we go. So, hey, folks, just briefly, shout out to Father Michael O'Loughlin. Five foot, eight and a half. Let's nine be and honest. a half. Let's be honest. <laughs> eight, and, eight and three quarters. Anywho, um... He's been really good because we're scattered all over the map. Yeah. Father John's been in Rome, in Minnesota, in Crested Butte, wherever. As I said, I've been in Kansas, Wisconsin, Illinois, Illinois. I don't think anywhere else. Um, and uh, Father Michael's been in Arizona, New Jersey, New York, Philadelphia, New York. and yeah. North Carolina. So it's been hard. And, and Father Mike's been in, like, La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyways but father michael's been very good about just making sure that we get something recorded and even today it was just like uh we got to get we got to get something out because we haven't got on a regular rotation with father mike father john father mike 
uh, Father Michael, myself, you know, and then kind of rotating back and forth. Uh, but eventually we'll get there. So. And I am horrible at planning. So the fact that I've, I, what I need to do is You're I need to say, bad. there needs to be a way where we can put these things on the schedule for like months out or at least weeks out. So I'm going to get better about that. That's my goal. Pray for me. Right. In listener land. So thank you. Yes. Well, and oh, to sure. the topic. Thank you. To the topic. So <laughs> my topic is based upon immediate same day experience today. So I had, I oh. had to this morning. I wake up late. Father Nathan's flight got in Gosh. really late. You didn't yeah. get to bed till what four, four in the morning? Four fifteen in the morning. So we normally have breakfast together on Wednesdays. It was not going to happen. I texted him at four fifteen and said, "I'm just getting <laughs> in the bed." <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't get it. I didn't get till I, my alarm went off. And so Good. I checked and I said, "I'm going back to bed then because this is companion's breakfast for me." And I didn't get. I slept horribly the night after my day off, which was weird. Um, but anyway, so I so I went back to bed. Woke up. We passed each other. Briefly, hi, good morning. No, it wasn't hi, good morning. Like, I didn't think that anybody else was in the house. <laughs> scared the heck. <laughs> and, and I was holding two very old cups of coffee. Okay. <laughs> One of them had already turned, like, into, like, mold. Okay. And then the other one, because I put uh, cream in that one. Ooh. And then the other one was black, but it was, like, super, like, you know, like, coffee, when it's kind of uh, evaporated, yes. it kind of... So I was holding Scoop. both of these things, and I, like, I was like just saying to myself that early in the morning, and granted, it was like 8.15 or whatever, yeah. it's like, don't spill these cups of coffee. And I walk out, and I just have my eyes fixed on the cups of coffee, and I just hear, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, oh my gosh, where the heck did you come from? And I was out of my room on the way to the shower that late, but I definitely needed to sleep, so it was nice. Um, so I, then I jump in my, uh, jump in my car, and I, I go to Boulder and have an appointment, uh, breakfast appointment up in Boulder. So my breakfast appointment is with this young man, good-looking young man, who is an I didn't have incredible, <laughs> incredible evangelist. So these are, these, are my, these are my two topics of what exactly what happened. So I walk up. I know this kid's an amazing evangelist. He went to see you, and so he, he did evangelization there. Um, and I don't think he'd be embarrassed me telling his name. I, I started off with the good-looking, because that plays into this. So Keenan Fitzpatrick. I knew it was Keenan. So, so I, I, He's <laughs> not... What ladies he's taken? Oh, he's, t- he's totally married. Totally married. Totally married. And he's got a dad bod now. <laughs> but he's but so what happens? He doesn't is, have a dad bod. He's from he Boulder. He's, he looks he's great. very fit. Um. So anyway, so I walk in. We're going. We're going to eat at Snooze. The Snooze on Pearl Street Mall. And I walk in there, and I I already see him. I know that his appointment was with me, but I know he was going to beat me there. So I see him sitting with three college guys at a table, and I just think this is his appointment. Like this is who he was be meeting with before me. It was not. He just literally met these guys waiting in line to get a table at Snooze. And by the end of a five-minute conversation, he is sitting down. They invited him to sit down at their table, and he's talking about Jesus to these three college kids yeah. at a table at Snooze. Like, they, whatever, they, this is Boulder, Colorado, one of the most like, anti-Christian places it's in the world the as far man as I know. It's the man bun, man. Right, he, he's got a man bun. So he's sitting down chatting with these guys, and I'm just going like, this is incredible. I mean, I, I am too arrogant about my evangelizing abilities in public. I really am. I, I I love what I'm able to do. I love what the Holy Spirit does through me. But this guy is just leaps and bounds over me. So then I find out that three, like two of the waitresses, he's already talked to. One he knows from back when he was Protestant, and and he's prayed over them. He's given them prayers that he's learned. He's taught them about Catherine of Siena. He always has a story about an Uber driver that he that he's evangelizing to. Completely natural. Doesn't turn anybody off. When we get our table, and this is the second part of the topic. When we get our table. The, the, the uh, hostess is 
Now, I'm 41 years old. I've been celibate for 15 years. And before that, I was discerning. But the way that this... By discerning, he means he wasn't going on any dates. Right. I wasn't... Yeah. Ladies weren't terribly interested. (laughs) Exactly. Part of it. That's part of it. So Let's just be honest, folks. So, but, but the, but the, the look, sorry, Bree, the, the flirtatious look this server <laughs> was giving him, um, Bree's his wife, not, Bree's his wife, not, not knowing that he was married, of course, but the, the, and, and Keenan was just obviously man, married man, not, not playing into it at all. Man, of course. bun, married, married man. <laughs> and so, but I thought just looking at her and I, I got in a natural way, I got jealous just in, I was like, when is the last time a random good-looking young server girl looked at me that way. It's been a long time. And so... You, you, you used to go to Jelly to get that all the time. I didn't. It, it, okay. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> but but it, I, that's not why I went to Jelly. Yeah, but, I but know there, that's not why you there, went there to was, Jelly. It just happened. But, but uh, on, honestly, though, there, there's something about that, that. And so this is my thought. Here's I want to talk about a little bit about evangelization to get some feedback from you and a little bit about celibacy. And I'll start with celibacy. One thing I realized is that it, I, that, that the look she gave him kind of moved my heart. And I haven't shared this with him yet. I had to do that before it comes out. That look she gave him moved my heart in a natural way. Just how beautiful it is when there's that affirmation. Like, she didn't know him at all. He, he was a, a confident guy who was talking to everybody and, and a good-looking guy. So she was, re, was responding to that with, with a flirtatious look. She doesn't know him much more than that, though. So there's something so incredibly surface about that, but there's also so, something very human about that. And it's very beautiful the way that God created us to kind of have this interaction and how affirming it can be when someone just affirms that part of you. That's what the flirtation was. It was an affirmation of his confidence. It was an affirmation of the way he looks. It was an affirmation of those things. And we all all like that affirmation. And I thought, not only when I discern celibacy and I'm living it out as best I can, not only do I give up a wife and children that is so deeply existentially beautiful, mm-hmm. but I have given up things like that. I've given up even the simple human aspects of, of kind of responding, being able to flirt back. But haven't married men done the same? Yeah. Absolutely. But, 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 but I think married men, though, still get that, or can, should get that from their wife. Oh, they yeah. Should, they, they, they should still, get that. They, they still they, get it from their wife. Yeah, the the oh, little yeah. simple thing, but I don't get it from anybody. That's interesting, because uh, I, I didn't have a similar experience, but I, I had some holy jealousy okay. um, at the wedding that I did in Illinois. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I don't know their names. He's a podcast listener. It was another event where she's like, I can't believe that he's talking to you. He, you know, he has a big crush <laughs> on you, et cetera. Nice guy. Um, they were an older, younger looking married couple. Okay. They were I know, you know what you mean. They were, you know, in their late thirties, early forties, but I thought they were like early thirties, late twenties. Anyways, uh, but they were out salsa dancing in the middle of the dance floor. And uh no one else was out there. Wow. And uh, there was sort of a, she's from Ecuador. Um, he's totally Irish, but he's got good moves. Mm. And uh, anyways, unusual. the yeah, unusual. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, but uh, I was like watching them. I was like, I was like, how delightful that like he's just able to be free, and you know they're just kind of you know doing their thing. And I I smiled because I was I was like, yeah, oh, young love. I love that stuff. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah. So I would agree. But th- there's something, I, I don't think I do it enough as, as a celibate man. I don't think I, the things that I do have, the things I've given up, the big things and the little things, all of that, I don't build it up in my mind and say, look how beautiful that is. And that actually makes my vocation in celibacy more beautiful by the fact that I can remind myself I've given up something that beautiful. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying married men, of course, they give up that. They give up all of that as well. But there's something just being just this reaction for me as a celibate. And I think married men should do the same thing. They look at, at other women who have qualities that they appreciate, qualities that they want to be around. Um, I had a friend one time tell me, um, I thought that one of the greatest aspects of being married was getting sympathy from your wife. And my other friend burst out laughing. They're both married. And he says, you don't get any sympathy from your wife. And, right. then they, were, and they were joking about this. Like, True. it's been years, you don't get any sympathy from your wife. And then, and then he said, you know, very honestly, that that's one of the things that, that, uh, that I find since I don't get that, that I am, when I see sympathy being shown in other relationships, it, it strikes me as, ooh, I, I want that, I need that, you know. And right. he married this woman who just doesn't naturally give sympathy. But, and so when he sees that, the ideal would be to say, I gave up daily sympathy to marry this woman. And, and he actually should be, I'm sure he is, more appreciative of his wife to say, I decided to marry her even though I'm not getting that, even though that's something I naturally desire. I just think there's something beautiful about saying, look at this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing that I've given up. We need to do that regularly. And I think sometimes the married couples need to actually give each other the right and appropriate emotional yeah. support. Yeah. You know, I mean, St. Paul says, love one another with mutual affection, mm. sympathos, uh, to like just like symphony right. to sound together to mm. feel together mm. and sometimes I think that it would do it would do well to actually ponder am I giving the appropriate level of emotional support or is it just like look they just don't get that you right. know because sometimes we're jealous of things that are appropriate to the proper to the relationship that is proper um, but it's like I'm not going to get that from my wife it's like well why not yeah you know. Yeah. Now, if you're if you're trying to to elicit an emotional response just so you can feel better, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you don't need a Hershey's kiss right now, right. but like I'd kind of like one, you know, and I don't need just one. I need like you know eight, two bags. Yeah, it's just like, honey, I know you're sick. I right. think it's time for you to just you know buck up, buckaroo. Yeah. But it, and and part of that just goes out of the communication. I mean. Do do I like this? This was a. I'm communicating with you, my companion brother, right now. That this was something that I'm saying. I have forgotten to appreciate that aspect of my celibacy. This sure. not just wife and kids, but it's also the the more simple human things that I used to love getting and appreciate. Oh, yeah. But I say, if God came to me and said, "Hey, look, I could make I could make you." look younger and be better looking and you get more looks like that from girls. And I, my, my response would be, nope, Lord, I gave that up. Like, I'm, I'm not going to accept that Only for you. your greater glory, Lord. <laughs> Only for your greater glory. I've given that up, and so I'm, I'm not going to do it even if I could right now because that is a beautiful part of my vocation is to not get even that aspect of the human beauty so that I can sacrifice it for the sake for of the what? kingdom of God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean... Uh, people keep commenting because, as you can see, I'm becoming somewhat of a silver fox. Right. <laughs> Somebody said, oh, you got some frosting. And I was like, excuse me? And they were like... Frosting where? <laughs> some of your hair. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, is it in my beard? Uh, no, but like, uh, I got some great tips or whatever. And, I mean, there's a part of me that's like, okay, here we go. 
But at the same time, I'm like, I'm not trying to impress anybody. Yeah, midlife crisis. As Father Father uh, Father Nick Blaha pointed out once to me, my anthem is uh, there's a jazz song called "My Body's Built" or no, I'm built for comfort, not for speed. <laughs> my body's built for comfort, not for speed. You know who says that all the time? You know, who quotes that. I don't know if it's the country song or what else, but uh-huh. Father Joel Barstad. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, and it, it's so true. Like he's exactly. just just the, the way he he's very deliberate. That's why I call him an ent. Like he's very deliberate, but slow about everything, yeah. but incredibly deep. You know, right. you you want to talk about anything? No, it's true. And and the hard part is what I found joyful in this wedding is that both of the two couples. One was super young. Mm. Joe and uh, Meg are young. Um. Uh. Joe and Meg are young, and Lori and Aaron are a little bit older. They're still young. They're in their 30s, uh, but, you know, mid to late 30s. Anyways, um, but, like, seeing both of them together, it's like they're going to have each other to support one another. Right. And for the rest of their lives. And that's a real joy. Mm -hmm. And in youth, you need a different kind of support. And as you get older... You need a different, you know, kind of a, a, perhaps even emotional support. Yeah. But that's not to say like physical support or spiritual support or, you know, sort of the social support that comes from knowing, okay, I'm established, I'm married, you know, like some of that's helpful, yeah. you know? So then what would you say to people that aren't married or celibate that still need or want that kind of support? I think, I think it's very, from 95% of the time, our Lord wants to give people that type of support. They, 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 want, they yeah. want the the small ways. I mean, I, I've talked before about one thing I missed when I was brand newly ordained. I literally just missed holding a girl's hand and walking into record stores. Yeah. Because I used to do that. So like... The, 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 so now he holds hand, my hand. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> Hold, like holding a girl's hand and walking into a record store is so simple. It's not, it's not, sac- it's not like deeply sacramental. There's not a lot of self-gift. There, there's not sure. any of the, kind of the deeper aspects of love. But it was, I loved that. And it was so beautiful. And so I thought, you know, the... God gives us those things, those experiences as we need them. Don't don't look always say the grass is greener. Don't look for holding your girl's hand and walking to a record store, but look for what God's giving you because there's something so basic, and I, I keep on using this word, but the affirmation that that we all need, just some sort of affirming look or affir- like just acknowledgement. Acknowledgement. And and there's something mm-hmm. about that in flirtation, there's something about that in in dating, in in courtship, there's something about that in those first moments of your discernment of marriage or celibacy. And I think like look for the ways that God is giving you that and then decide, is this something I am going to live the rest of my life receiving from this one person in marriage? Although that's going to change. You married people are probably screaming right now saying you don't get much of that anymore, right? As the marriage goes on, which is totally true. But I, I think, as you said, that should be happening. You know, we should be giving that affirmation to our spouses quite regularly. Some um, of it, yeah. Yeah. And, but uh, it matures. We don't need those things anymore. We, we, we need the deeper things. But I think that the point that I got at this morning was, was to say, what... I think some celibates avoid happily married people or avoid situations that remind them of their celibacy mm. out of self-protection. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think that as we mature and get more confident in right. our vocations, we can say, I'm actually going to expose myself to those things yeah. and, th- and to say, 
That was a weird turn of phrase, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let receive those things, yeah. and then well, you're not gonna be you're not gonna stray stray away from them because you're bitter that it's like I don't exactly. get exactly, and and we tend yeah. to do that, you know, we can tend to do that. Look, man, I I gotta be honest. Like um, one of the bridesmaids, shout out to Gina. Um, we had a great time on the dance floor, and part of the reason why was because she was uh, she's single. Mm. Guys, if you're if you're interested. Let me know. Like, this girl is, she's a new member of the Sixth Sorrowful Mystery. Her dad was telling me about her walleye-catching abilities. And I'm like, what guy would not be attracted to a woman that can haul in a fish? What's the you know? Sixth Sorrowful Mystery? Oh, the fact that all these women are, are, aren't married oh, and the church okay. doesn't allow for polygamy. Okay. It's a mystery. <laughs> you know? So... Uh, my friend Lori was the president and co-founder of that because um, <laughs> I just couldn't I couldn't understand it and um, yeah oh I don't so yeah. anyways um, but uh, you know like sometimes you just have to ad- admit that it, by staying away from it you can get bitter and just be like you know what I'll never receive that you know God will afford you opportunities to to be able to receive yeah um, and it's not a question of I've got to concoct it for myself. Sometimes you have to say, I'm not going to receive that, and that's hard. Yeah. And that can be lonely and frustrating and sad, and you can get bitter about it and, and all sorts of things. Or you can just say, Lord, send persons in my life, and if it's not supposed to be human persons, send divine persons. Mm-hmm. And I also think there's something beautiful about saying, and I, again, you and I have experienced many, many in this town especially, single women who are doing everything right, who are growing in holiness and that it, it blows our mind that they're not who they want to date and the men are not coming forward to afford them that opportunity. And single men. Yeah. And yeah, single yeah. men. Yeah, and it happens with just single people. And like, why is that? And I think one of the things they could say, if I'm lonely, I've embraced loneliness. Again, this is maybe overly pious. I've embraced loneliness for the sake of of being patient for the person that God wants me to marry, or that uh, even being patient with the with the man or the woman who is not ready to get married yet, and so God has not put them in my life. I mean, so, marriage is, is two sinful people getting together, so you never know what's going on in the other person's life. It yeah. might not be you; it might be them. That's the problem. Why you haven't met yet, or that you haven't you know dated yet. I would say you're embracing you're embracing the space. You're saying I'm not going to fill this space. Yeah, and I know it's hard. Yeah. And right now, I wish I had someone to fill that space with. Yeah, but instead of just finding persons that aren't actually going to help me, right, and lead me to where I want to go, I'm just going to leave this space vacant. Yeah, and that's hard. And God is going to allow other persons to to be around that space or maybe dwell there for a time, mm-hmm. but not to actually fill properly that space. Yeah, and I think we both know people who have been single for a frustratingly long time and then did get married or discern religious life in a way that they have now, they kind of accept all of that for the sake of what they now have. Right. And it, it's kind of, sure. I, I, when you're in the middle of it, obviously you're not going to feel it. You're not going to want that. But, but you know, we, in time, you God's call was made known and, and I've always seen, they will say all of that was worth it. And actually had a, had a necessary place in my or my spouse's formation to make it become what it is now. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's the dream. It's hard to see that in the midst of it. 
Oh, yeah. You know? And yeah. so the virtue that I think you pray for is hope, uh, to be able to see that it is possible. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people despair and they just say, I'm really bad. And, yeah. you know, hope, so. trust, patience. Yeah. yeah. And to offer, offer, your, offer the sacrifice of that so that it might bear fruit. Yeah. Instead of just, well, this is really crappy. I'm not going to experience anything good from this. It's like, well, tell God to make something good out of it. Yeah. He can. And I've had a, I, I was talking to a friend recently about, uh, about their inability to have children. And that was another thing. Married, can't have children. And yeah. the, the topic of the discussion was really beautiful. We got to the point where we said, you know, all frustration, even something that is that, is that existentially frustrating, like not being able to have children, all of this, if we believe in the kingdom of God, all of this is temporary. Um, you know, the loneliness that celibates have is temporary, even if it's that is fulfilled completely in in the in heaven, in paradise, in in the body of Christ, in in the parousia. Same thing with you know couples that can't have children. It, it, that's going to be fulfilled, especially those who have had miscarriages. You know, in heaven you will be with the child that, that you miscarried. You know, if you've had no children, all of that is fulfilled in heaven. If you're if you're lonely now, and you get all the way to and you never find anybody like in heaven there is complete union with God and each other. So really we have to remind ourselves sometimes live one day at a time, live in the moment, be patient, stillness, and then even if even if we are so despairing of what's happening in this world, again, I think it's important to remember that we will be completely fulfilled in time, outside of time in the kingdom of God in the afterlife. And I know that's not consoling for a lot of people because it seems a long time away, but we will have our. We will be completely fulfilled at some point. That's God's will. We should probably just like have a bunch of people on uh, Catholic stuff, Instagram or whatever, like post their profile and just be like, "Hey, I'm single. Anybody <laughs> interested? Hey, I'm single. Anybody interested?" Because okay. of the Catholic stuff, singles. Oh my gosh! Yeah, because I'm just like I. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. I really don't. I don't know how you discern it. I don't know how you live it. Um, I try to help them along. I try to give encouragement to all of our, our my married couples at my parish or my friends or my family members. But, I mean, I even had, my brother had to tell me, he's like, Nathan, you just don't understand married life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yep, I don't yeah. because I'm not married. Right. And and that's okay. So, yeah, Keenan, what a good dude. <laughs> yeah, very good dude. So, um, but yeah. married, I mean, off the market. Sorry, ladies. We're talking. We're ha- very, 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 married. and over married. Bree's yeah. a wonderful lady. <laughs> yes, yes, she is, and they're 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 beautiful family as well. All right, all right. I think that's it. We got to get on with our day. What do you got later this afternoon? I have actually, I have dreaded office work. Oh. But a listener, a listener. I don't think you might be saying this. A listener to a podcast, JD Flynn. Um, heard me talk about my desire to work at a co-working space, and I, I just don't have the money for it. And so he invited me to go work at CNA. Oh, nice. Captain News Agency. So I I'm, think that's great. They're going to give me desk space, and I might even do that this afternoon. I haven't texted him yet, but I'm just going to go sit and work at CNA and get all my work done while all these great journalists are changing the world through their, their yeah. apostolate. So, yeah, so it'll be awesome. That'll be fun. Yes, yes. All right. Glad to have you back, Father Nathan. Unfortunately, I leave for two weeks starting next week for Alive in Christ in Seattle. But Father John is coming back. He comes back on Saturday uh, for one night only. And so we'll record a podcast on Saturday and then um, hopefully get two in because uh, then in two more weeks, I'm gone for the fishing trip. Okay. 
So we are going to do the 400th episode. The 400th episode is coming up soon. So hopefully with all four of us. Secret title. Episode. So yeah. okay, it'll be awesome. Um, CatholicStuffPodcast at gmail Yeah, we're kind of on everything except Snapchat. No, nope. <laughs> check us out. No exactly. Snapchat. Never will be on Snapchat. Everything else, we're there. And uh, yeah, thanks for all. And sorry about the lack of shoutouts. We're not on YouTube. We are on YouTube. We are. We have that one video from Seek on YouTube. <laughs> it's the only thing we have. But anyway, well, we, we should do more videos. Check one video out on yeah. YouTube. We, have, we recorded one video on YouTube. All okay. Right. God bless. Love y'all. Later's. <laughs> <laughs>